0: logins are, are up this week. And, uh, you know, we had some returning users. And no, I, I, I want to know, like is this helping our members achieve what we're trying to do? Is it increasing sales?
1: To the Facts About Packs podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, NavPacks executive director, and I'm joined by my co host, Adam Belmar. Today, we have a topic that I think, Adam, many of our listeners want to know more about. It's how to evaluate your vendor and your software platforms.
2: Absolutely. It's something that's easier said than done, Michaela, and it's like many of the topics that we do on this podcast in the solutions in action arena. So I think we're very lucky to have back with us a trusted source, a good friend. To this podcast, Eric Wilson. Eric's a political technologist driving innovation and digital transformation as the senior vice president for strategy at Bullpen Technology Group.
1: Yeah, and he's here to share the questions we really all should have, but, you know, sometimes might be afraid to ask and really just to better evaluate your vendors and to maximize the value of your software.
2: I am really looking forward to this conversation, but first, Michaela, happy passover easter ramadan to everybody in our audience who celebrates
1: thank you and right back at you it's a a very special time on the calendar for so many of us right now adam and i know the white house easter egg roll is scheduled to happen on monday
2: been there done that as a journalist a staffer and a father and i actually have a funny story about you want to hear it
1: absolutely i love your stories
2: Okay, I don't do this a lot on Facts About packs, but I'll tell you. Back in 2002, so 21 years ago, on the South Lawn of the White House, it was right after 9-11, President Bush was carrying forward with this tradition and i found myself as a producer good morning america doing the weather as i often did when tony perkins was in town and on that day the entire good morning america team was there and the entire today show team was there and so was al roker and in the darkness of that morning before all the eggs began to roll some very smart people got together and said, hey, what if we did something different for once here? And as you'll hear just now, it was the first time they simulcast the weather.
0: We're going to be seeing here in the Washington area temperatures in the 80s, a hot and humid day. That's what's happening with the weather around the nation. Now, fact, let's take I've a look to and I wanna see I talk- what, hey! Hey! Oh, Perkins. It's a local,
1: America. You never know. It's amazing. Well, this but, is a first. This first is first. The first
0: trans morning broadcast uh, and, ever. And, and while we're doing this, we'd, as long as we're to get together, we'd like to do a shout out to Mark McEwen. That's right. We have <laughs> yeah. no guts to show up here this morning. All right. It, so what's your high today for Washington? Uh, uh, I'm saying 85. That's, then I'm saying 85. Okay, ready? ready? Now, break. All, all right, right, here we Let's go. Check you That's running. a look at what's this happening cool. with the weather around the nation. Now here's what's happening. you neck of the
1: woods.
2: Every time I'd hear Al Roker say in your neck of the woods after that, well, (laughs) I'd get chills.
1: (laughs) What a great story and what a great time to be at the White House. You know, we have yet to participate in the White House Easter egg roll, but I'm hoping maybe maybe one of my listeners out there might be able to hook us up next year. I love it. Let me give it a try after the show declaration.
2: The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NABPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community.
1: Thanks, Adam. And now for the nap activities in your neck of the woods.
2: Well done. Oh, I like that. Your The nap activities in your neck of the woods. We well, might be onto something. What's going on in nap land, Michaela?
1: Well, you know, um, actually, not to bring up the past, but we had an excellent, you know, Adam, we kicked off the year with a new series, Let's Talk, and they've been really popular. We had a great one yesterday with John Mason from Altria talking about his institute, Government Affairs Institute, that he's put on for emerging executives within the organization. And it's really all about government affairs and the work that they do. But there's a a massive, obviously, PAC component to that. Uh, We had great attendance, great questions. Uh, Looking forward to continuing that uh, each month we're we're putting on this Let's Talk series. But um, coming up in April, we have our typical quarterly roundtables. As you know, Adam, we break those out by type of PAC. So if you're a corporate PAC, a trade association with corporate members or a trade association with individual members, we sort of break out our roundtables tables to really give folks an opportunity to come together and chat about the issues they're facing in this moment. And um, they're always very popular, uh, really for the members to come with their questions, their ideas.
2: And you know, for NABPAC listener members, Michaela, the quarterly update newsletter just went out and it was just a tremendous list of all of the things that are going on and the resources that exist for members at NABPAC. If you haven't opened it yet and you're listening to this podcast, don't feel like you're late. It's all still there for you. At NAPAC Connect.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Adam. And also I just wanna to highlight too, you know, NAPAC has partnered with SAJAC and the Advocacy Association on our post election trends survey. And it's something that we've been doing for gosh, I feel like at least 18 years, but we will be partnering with Sajak on April 25th. They're going to be sponsoring a lunch to go through the high level results of that survey. Everything broken down by corporation versus association, trends in the pack space after the 2022 election cycle. So that's certainly something our members are going to want to be at. And, and for those that are attending, get to take home a, a hard copy of the results of that survey. So keep an eye out for those invitations in your inbox.
2: Hard copy. Got to be there. Don't <laughs> think for half a second that I won't be making that a future episode of the number one pack podcast in America. Makeda. Absolutely.
1: I think there's gonna be some great nuggets in there, but we got to move on to the show, Adam. And so joining us now with advice on how to better evaluate your vendors and maximize value in your operation is Eric Wilson. We get so many questions about really not only just who the vendors are, but the best practices in selecting those uh, vendors. And so welcome back to the podcast, Eric. I'm excited about this conversation today.
0: Hey, Michaela, I'm so excited to be back on my favorite podcast that I don't host, The Facts About PACs.
1: Well, Eric, for many practitioners in the employee-funded and business trade association pack space, vendors and software platforms are really critical components to a successful operation, and, and I would just say... For many, many years, there were really, you know, only a couple of vendors that were in the space and we're, we're really starting to see some innovation and ingenuity, uh, lots of new vendors coming into the space. And so my first question for you is, in your experience, how can our listeners, the folks on the client side approach evaluating their vendors and software platforms, especially with some of these new companies coming into the scene?
0: Well, it starts with knowing what you need a software platform or a tool for. Right. What is the problem that you were trying to, to solve? And and sometimes that's obvious. You know, you've got to do compliance, you've got to process credit card donations. But then you'll get pitched on things that might actually be a solution in search of a problem. And so it starts with understanding what a tool is for, what the problem it's solving. So just thinking about what a what a, what a tool is. It's, it's about giving you leverage. So more output from your input. You know, if it's a tool that's going to cause you to do more work and you're not sure if, you know, your members are going to use it, then that's probably a good sign that that's not software that you need or are prepared to take advantage of. You're looking for software and tools that solve problems for you, address challenges that you really have. You know, one of the things when, when I'm working with startups that are building in this space, we say, okay, what are the things that people are out there doing with spreadsheets? Right now that we can turn into automated processes, turn into apps, things like that. And so those are the sorts of problems that you need to be looking for within your organization of saying, Hey, could software help us use our time better? Save us costs, whatever the challenge is or the pain point. That's
2: where you're looking for, for software. So, Eric, if you stepped into a role where vendors are in place and software systems are there, the immediate need as a manager is to try and evaluate, I suspect, benchmark, begin to understand how to measure the things that you want to see gains in. How do we begin the process of evaluating what's there and reconcile some of the wisdom you just gave us?
0: Well, it starts with asking questions, right? I think one of the, the, the fears that a lot of people have is asking questions and it makes them look dumb or feel dumb. But the, <laughs> you know, not getting the info you need to make good decisions is the only way you can be dumb in this process. So start by asking questions. It doesn't have to be, Hey, I'm putting you on notice. We're not going to renew your contract. It doesn't have to be adversarial. It can start from a, Hey, I'm learning, we've never used this tool. I understand it's been helpful in the past. Help me understand uh, what we use it for. Is it achieving the desired results? Is there something that we're not doing to to use it properly? Uh, I I think it starts from a learning place, uh, being very inquisitive, being curious. And so starting on asking those questions, not being afraid to look like you don't already know everything because people don't expect that.
1: I think Eric, you hit the nail on the head on something I've been saying for a long time is that, you know, there's no silver bullet you know, software package out there that's going to do everything probably you need it to do. But a big piece of this is also on the person utilizing the platform, they need to be properly trained, to your point, need to know and get out of the platform what they're trying to accomplish in the end. And I found not just asking the questions, not getting properly trained, but also being open and having a good back and forth with that vendor there may be ways that they can go back on the development end and and maybe even accomplish some of the things you're trying to do without having to completely move vendors.
0: Yeah, trading is critical. Uh, the, the saying that we have in, in a lot of the, the advocacy tech and, and political tech that we develop is that we, we call it software with a service. You know, most everything out there on the market is software as a service. You know, I sign up for MailChimp and I don't ever talk to anyone there because of the nature of our industry. You are seeing more. Managed service paired with software and and so you can go in and ask and say hey Can we get reports to look this way? Don't let those missing features be a blocker for not using the software and 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 this is where good communication with your vendor is important. Don't necessarily go to them with I want This application to tell me the weather because then they'll come back and say okay I built you a really good weather dashboard say I want to know where we should have events, right? So there might be another way for them to solve that problem, uh, for you. Uh, it, as long as you're, you're, you're going forward with what are your challenges? What are the problems or the headaches that you're, you're trying to solve? Uh, and they could be, be helpful in, in figuring out how to get the software to do what you want it to do.
2: I think everybody who listens to this show has had an interface with a vendor or a platform before. And I, as I think back over the last 20 years for me, I oftentimes, did get called by representatives around that renewal time or ostensibly tell me more about the platform that I didn't know, but really it was an upsell phone call. And so I want to ask you about how you know how to trust someone, not just the human that you're dealing with, but new entrant into the market without a proven track record or one that maybe any one of us who's a practitioner on the client side couldn't approach evaluating properly. Well, it starts,
0: Adam, with knowing your problem right? Having a real understanding of what is the headache? What is the pain point? What's the problem we're trying to solve? Then you can uh, evaluate everything through that lens. The The most effective salespeople in software are, are what I call consultative sellers, where they're really concerned about helping you solve your problem. Yes, they have a solution for it, but if there is someone else that can solve it or or another thing that you can do, they're going to help you find that. And that's the type of person that, that you, you want to trust. Um, look for someone who is trying to understand your problem or even better has had your problem in the past. So that's why I like working with entrepreneurs who come from politics come from the trade association world where they look, I've got this problem. I know everyone else does. I'm going to build an app for it as opposed to, oh, well, we're a we're leading B2B SaaS marketer in running fulfillment centers. We see that this industry over here makes a few billion dollars a year. We want to sell into it. That is a solution in search of a problem. And so always look for someone who's trying to help you solve your problems and is going to have that dialogue, have that conversation with you.
1: So, Eric, I know technology kind of scares a lot of people, me included. Um, And I think it's important to sort of have a baseline understanding of the technology. What technological knowledge is important in evaluating software?
0: I think anyone who is making these decisions needs to not be afraid of the jargon. If someone says, oh, well, we can do this on AWS and bring in Mongo database and da, da, da. You say, well, how does that solve my problem? And how is that better than this solution or or that solution? Again, you don't have to know how to write a single line of code to ask the vendor or the salesperson to explain how it solves your problem. Another thing that people need to understand is integrations. Does this work with other tools that we have? That is um, always one of the top questions that people have. But I think it, I don't know, it's kind of like a a default question for people. They don't really think about like, okay, well, what are the possibilities that, that come from this integration uh, I think a lot of time there's benefit to actually seeing that data having to export it from a system and import it to another system that you wouldn't get if it's just happening in an automated fashion And so I think integrations are kind of like a safety blanket for a lot of people where they say oh does it work with my thing and uh, you know not always the 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 best tool for you if it if it integrates with everything um, I sort of go back to the example of um, shampoo and conditioner i don't know how a product can do both or be the best at both so i really like you know picking tools that you know is really good at uh the compliance and this one's really good at member management they don't necessarily talk together but they both do their jobs really well it's worth us you know making sure that data transfer happens
2: i'm kind of a herbal essence shampoo man myself probably their worst customer. This is an audio only podcast. If you can only see the few hairs, I'm still shampooing (laughs) up here. Michaela. I was thinking as Eric was talking about how difficult a transition can be, even for an association like the National Association of Business Political Action Committees.
1: Well, some of it is just, you know, I think, Eric, we just went through, While it's not PAC or grassroots software you know we have just made the migration with an entire membership platform management system and i and i love it overall but until you really get in and use the software in all these different unique ways like i've been a heavy user of a lot of platforms in my 30 years and I feel like I asked a lot of the right questions, but we just went through an audit, and you know the types of reports that we were trying to run. I hadn't gotten into that far of the nitty gritty when I was evaluating the software, and it doesn't mean I hate the software. Um, it's just that I, you know, until you get in and have that user experience, sometimes you don't realize that there are some limits. I mean, there's again, it kind of goes to what I said at the top of the show. There's not going to be a platform or a software package that takes care of every single need. But they've been a great partner in working with us and finding ways, to your point, to solve the issue at hand and get us the information we need. Um, But at the end of the day, has the overall platform made my life easier on a number of other fronts? A thousand percent yes. So it was worth the headache. It was worth the stress of many, many months of data testing and data transfers and understanding all that. Um, but it, it's not an easy process. And I think sometimes, I guess another question that I would have is, is, and I think we've touched on it a little bit, but, you know, it is a big headache to change vendors and to, to change software platforms. If you do inherit something that maybe you don't love or can't figure out, what's your best advice to manage through that if you, if you don't have the budget or maybe the time and energy to make a change?
0: right the the switching cost is something that you have to factor in because there there's so much muscle memory in the organization you've got data st- stored there so i you know i don't always advocate a wholesale change uh that said figure out where are the uh, uh you know if you're not happy with with what it's doing. How do how do you fix that from the relationship side of saying, hey, I want it to do this? It doesn't seem like it, it it can. And they may come back to you and say, oh yeah, it's it's right here. You just, you know, maybe you haven't had the full training or we didn't know you needed to do that. So again, that that goes to what is the problem you're trying to solve. You don't have to go to your vendor with the solution, say, Oh, I I need a little button here that lets me do this. Well, they may go off or they may charge you, uh, but it's it's all about solving your problems that you want to get at. Second, if there are other tools or or apps that you can plug in to fill those those gaps or those breaks, then that that's fine. Uh, and then and then going back to the metaphor of of a tool, uh, you know, I, I have a toolbox at home, but there are projects that I'm going to go hire a professional or a handyman to do. Uh, and, and so it, it's okay to then hire consultants or experts or freelancers to help you uh, implement some of your technology if that's not uh, something that you have the bandwidth or the skill set for.
2: Eric, I want to double back here at the end of our show and try and get you to help us with another fear that I have that I think other people have. It's kind of a FOMO situation, you know, fear of missing out, because when you get reports and metrics and all kinds of things from vendors for a software platform, trying to decode it is a Herculean effort, but you know in your heart that there's real good learnings in there. What's your advice for people who are afraid that they're either not looking at the right things or don't even understand what they're looking at? Well, I, I think it is
0: totally acceptable to feel overwhelmed at all of the data that you're getting out of digital platforms. In many ways, that's both the blessing and curse of, of digital and technology. You can see and measure everything. So if you don't have an editorial point of view on that, it becomes overwhelming. I, I, I laugh every time someone says, oh, we've got a dashboard. And then you look at their dashboard and it's thousands of different numbers. And then you've got to customize it. Well, wh- what is a dashboard? It is the the thing on our car that shows us key data points that say do I need to pull over, do I need to slow down, do I keep going, am I going the right direction? And most dashboards today would cause us to either stay in park or crash the car. And so uh I think it again, I'm a broken record on this. It starts with what is the problem that you're trying to solve with with your software, with your ads, with your firm, whatever the 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 application is and figure out together how do we measure success. I, and I really only care about three or five metrics. And that's what you need to be reporting on. Don't do the snow job of giving me thousands of different data points and saying, oh, well, you know, our, um, you know, logins are, are up this week. And, uh, you know, we had some returning users. And no, I, I, I want to know, like, is this helping our members achieve what we're trying to do? Is it increasing sales? Again, North Star is what's your problem? What are you trying to solve with that particular piece of software, with that vendor, and how are you going to measure? And and it really should be like three or five things at most.
1: Solutions in action. Eric Wilson, Bullpen Strategy Group. Thanks for being a frequent flyer here on the Facts About Hacks podcast.
0: It's great to be with you again and uh, look forward to, uh, I, I want to get like a five-timers jacket like they do on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> so you've got some time on that.
1: Okay, we we will look into that. And I also just want to make a plug for your podcast, The Business of Politics, one of my favorite podcasts uh, for all of our listeners to be sure they download and listen as well. And thanks to everyone listening, subscribe and meet us right back here next week.